Hi, you're tuned into the IoT Insider with Dan Cunliffe. I'm Managing Director of Pangea. Um, what you're going to hear in our podcast is the lowdown on all tech opportunities and partnerships you'll need in order to get started and succeed in the Internet of Things market. Um, the podcasts are intended to be short enough for you to enjoy on your commute or when you're driving or traveling to meet someone um, in the market and you maybe want to hear something interesting um, ahead of your meeting. Uh, whether you're a partner already of Pangea uh, or just looking to learn some more about engagement or IoT content, um, please make sure that you subscribe and tune in for our monthly podcast uh, to get all the best information. Um, and I may refer to certain sports uh, from time to time because I'm obviously a avid sports fan. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the IoT Insider podcast. My name is Dan Cunliffe, Managing Director of Pangea. But this month, we've actually got a new star joining us. Our very own Rich Crossingham, who's joined us as our business development director, um, joined the Pangea family this summer. And thanks so much for joining us, Rich. How are you doing? Thanks, Dan. Nicely socially distanced over here, joining you from my cabin in the back garden. Uh, yeah, that's actually been an interesting market, hasn't it? People building cabins in their garden for work purposes. I've spoken to so many of our customers and partners who have put a 4G service out the back in the garden, usually a multi-network one, but have also built themselves a little office down there. And how's yours going? It's great. It's um, it's at times like this when half term is now upon us yeah. and you've got children in the house and you need to just <laughs> be somewhere separate to enable yeah. you to just concentrate on getting something We done. should caveat that we all love our children and our wives and our partners very much so. Rich, obviously you're um, new to us. Maybe tell some of the listeners where, where you were before joining us. Yeah, so I've been with Pangea for four months now. Um, I Prior to that, I spent eight years at O2, looking into all things connectivity from Wi-Fi to uh, connected stadia propositions. Um, and prior to that, uh, numerous jobs working for other connectivity businesses. Perfect, perfect. Well, like I said, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. So, so we're going to do things a little bit different um, in this one. We're going to talk a little bit about one of the interesting topics that was in on the world of 5G, which was about the world's first connected forest um, here in the UK. And there's very few forests more famous than the Sherwood Forest, of course, um, the home of Robin Hood and all his merry men. But actually, they're getting themselves a little bit of an upgrade where they're going to be hosting uh, the world's first connected forest. Um, essentially, what it's about is the Nottingham Council have deployed a private 5G network over the forest uh, and enabling it to sort of connect to various different kinds of IoT solutions and of course devices on the back of that, things like drones that could gauge health of the forest, soil, autonomous vehicles uh, that could transport people around. Almost imagine without the dinosaurs, the whole Jurassic Park movie where you got in those little sort of, you know, <laughs> if you want to call them blimps with wheels and sort of took you through the whole forest. Um, imagine that could be quite a cool experience maybe sort of ask you a little bit about that we'll take a look at the tech in particular but did you what do you what do you sort of think of 5g in a forest anything interesting i, I think for me one of the key things when calling out 5g projects is uh, what is the 5g really enabling over anything that could be achieved on 4g i've read lots of scenarios and, and, and snippets on the internet where people have called out projects for 5g but the question is does it really need 5G or could this have been done with 4G? And I think some of the things that they highlight where they're talking about um, 
autonomous vehicles, perfectly aligned onboard narration, mm. uh, testing state-of-the-art digital technologies, drones and, and robots, as you mentioned, to look at uh, monitoring the health of the forest, whether it's you know um, precipitation, acid levels, people coming into the forest and how they are impacting the ecology of the forest. I think some of those things will really highlight probably what we call the um, the triangle of 5G key benefits. Yeah, exactly. So, and those, those for me will be the, the things that really call this out as being absolutely a 5G project as opposed to a, a 4G or a 4G plus uh, project. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I think let's maybe take a look at how they're going to do it and then maybe talk about how much it might cost and what kind of the benefits are going to be. I mean, in terms of getting it right, um, it's not easy, right? Because you're in the middle of, you know, arguably the forest. Um, it's not a strong play for a for any operator to go put, you know, 5G out there, but they want to have it as a bit of a test bed, as a bit of something shiny to show uh, the rest of the world. Um, one of the important things I think here is that they're going to have to get creative with the way that 5G and the base stations are there to make it work. What do you What do you kind of think some of the challenges are going to be other than, you know, obviously in the forest, but how do we even do this? Like, where do we start? I think to begin with, they've got to map out exactly where they want the connectivity and why. Because yeah. not only to your point of ensuring you've got connectivity in a dense ancient forest, it's also making the reasons to, to why. why. Why connect? Why bother? Why drive people to use it? And I think it's really important to make sure that the experience is something that people are going to want to use. Yeah. Uh, I was reading uh, a bit about the Robin Hood legend and bringing that to life yeah. and having a 3D, 4D virtual reality experience that's both available on VR headsets and also on people's handsets. So giving people the reason to connect to the available platform is as important as having the platform there because you can spend all the money on building a platform but if you don't have the content the creative content to drive someone to it then you won't see the uptake of, of usage yeah exactly and i think what you mentioned earlier about the sort of triangle of 5g i think every one of those parts are being i think probably used here you know there's a lot of what this project does that 4G could probably do at the moment, but there are some things I think future-wise to those experiences that 5G does bring to life. So, for example, um, you know, moving the sort of semi-autonomous Jurassic Park bubbles around that we mentioned earlier, um, they need to be obviously have a sort of near instant response time when moving um, semi-autonomous vehicles. So the sort of ultra-low latency that 5G brings helps with that. Um, the VR experience needs higher bandwidth, you know, so the enhanced mobile broadband, the really fast speeds will help to help that experience for people. And I guess the other part is because we're in such a dense environment and the ability to um, connect many, many devices, you can imagine the forest will hopefully be obviously environmentally friendly devices everywhere around, but you could have drones, you could have sensors measuring various aspects of what the forest sort of um, health looks like, you're going to need that massive machine technology that the 5G spectrums will, will bring us. Those three together, I can see, I can see future reasons um, that 5G actually does make this an interesting project. 
Yeah, I think you, you point on one of the things there with massive IoT. If you're looking at measuring different things, be it water precipitation or the impact of things that are external to the forest. So, you know, when people come in, they bring in things that they might not even think about. And when you're looking at massive IoT and you're, you're saying, yeah, interesting fact, there are over 900 trees in Sherwood Forest that are 600 years old or, or, or older. I did not know that. So when you look at that and... 15 to 1800 species of beetle and 200 different species of spider so you've got a really dense you know set of uh, biological factors going on there you've got all of the trees you've got all the different species you've got what what the term abiotic and biotic factors to consider when you're looking at what you want to monitor and how you want to monitor it so when we talk about massive iot it could be really interesting as a test bed for all things uh, conservation, all things ecology, if you really want to drill down onto understanding beetles that live there, having sensors, grid mapping uh, tiny areas and understanding more and more about these different species could be really, really insightful and could help with just ecology across the UK and, and other nations. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, let's just turn our attention a little bit to about sort of, you know, what, what the business side of this is for those partners or people interested in like, you know, what does it actually take to do something like this? So the project is worth um, about 10 million pounds in terms of the investment. And I believe it's from three different areas. You know, obviously, um, we've got the conservation aspect, which will help to monitor various things. But essentially, you've got the government program to fund it um, as part of a wider investment of 65 million, uh, which is a 5G project sort of environment. You've got Nottingham Council, which obviously are keen to make sure that they can keep driving one of their strongest assets around tourism. Um, And then you've got a sort of private mobile operator looking at the privatization of 5G service across there. It's not easy to get government projects off the line. We know that ourselves. We've had a lot of uh, work this year, particularly with government projects. But I think when they can come together to do something that is not just talking about the age old what you know I- IoT and smart city, this is actually talking about a smart forest in a way because we are trying to understand more and more about it. What do you think is actually going to be for someone else to try and do this? Like, what about um, obviously the greatest forest in the world, the Amazon forest? Like, what could this bring to those guys? I think it's so some of the things we've already touched upon understanding species i mean they find from a biological perspective they find new species all the time both the fauna and flora because you know mapping something like the amazon is very very challenging so having these kind of technological advances to enable that to happen can only be a good thing i think we always have to look at the two aspects though you know is it a big revenue maker that they're planning or is it more for social good yeah exactly i think the two have to work together because the immediate you know, mapping of the Amazon, someone might say, well, that's just going to cost us a lot of money. And so you're ticking the social good box. I think ultimately you can, will hopefully be able to tick both because if you can look at reducing carbon footprint from uh, what people are doing um, and how people are interacting with these spaces, and you can also increase the knowledge and increase the understanding of the species that are in there. What was it, the um, the periwinkle plant in Madagascar that was discovered, yeah. which is used to uh, treat many cancers. Well, if you find another one of those in yeah. the Amazon rainforest, and you, you know that it wouldn't have been found because it only grows in a certain location with a certain precipitation, and having these kinds of sensors enabled the finding of it and then the tests of it to occur, then 
absolutely there will be a massive uh, revenue and social benefit from it. So yeah. I think, you know, what we've seen from mapping and understanding forests flora before enables us to kind of guess what might happen in the future with us being able to do this. I think once you bring VR and AR experiences into it where you can, you know, show real educational benefits for children and adults alike. I think there are so many opportunities and showing both sides, the social good and the revenue, um, are equally important. Yeah, I would say that there's probably a position you can take where some private sector could probably get involved, um, support from a um, sponsorship perspective. You know, you can probably say, oh, it's a 5G innovation hub, but you could just call it conservation hub or an innovation hub without needing to use the word 5G to kind of get that out there. I think the way that Google maps the entire world actually creates a huge commerce um, influence, right? Being able to know where shops are, rate them, understand more about your own commercial environment. So, you know, we should probably think about mapping environmental environments so that we can drive the right behaviors from those. Um, It's not an easy thing to do, but I think it does lend itself to IoT being the way to sort of help us as a as a kind of you know human race, understand more about our environment to get the most out of it, and we're talking from an environmental perspective. You're not necessarily how do I optimize my warehouse. You know, it's a very different way of thinking about it. And yeah, hopefully the guys at um, Nottingham and the Forest and you know can get some of Robin Hood's luck and get it going forward. You know, and actually kind of show some clever things. I think that probably covers a lot of it, to be honest with you, um, for, our, for our listeners this month. As usual, if you if you kind of liked what you heard, if you want to hear Richard's voice again, drop us a comment. <laughs> if you um, are one of our partners listening in for the first time, thank you so much. Uh, we do encourage everybody to head over to our website, which is pangea-group.net, um, or even subscribe to our newsletter for more stories like this one. If you've never worked in the IoT market before or you are keen to kind of learn more, uh, do get in touch. All the details will be Uh, through the podcast as well but um, for this month thank you so much thanks Rich for joining us appreciate your time thanks for having me no problem Um, and to all the listeners thanks again have a good rest of your month